Hi there, my name is Sean Sunday, my pronouns are he, him, and this is No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. Each week a new creator joins me to chat about a book we've both read and loved. This show is initially recorded as a video talk show, so if you want to see what we're showing on the screen while we talk, head over to the Brainbee Studios YouTube and watch that video. If not, head down below to the description, open up the comic, and read along while we chat. Thanks for listening, enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of No Capes, the indie comics talk show where myself and my guests, as a fellow comics creator, will pick a comic that we both love and talk about that for an hour. Uh, This week we're really excited to talk about The Rocketeer, and my guest, of course, is the amazing Derek Robertson. Derek, why don't you introduce yourself and tell anyone who doesn't already know uh, a little bit about your work. Uh, Hi, I'm Derek. Um, I have been drawing comics for way too long. Um, I'm most known for co-creating The Boys and uh, Transmetropolitan and Happy. uh, And also I've worked on a number of creator-owned series, uh, my own Ballistic, Oliver, uh, which is out now, and uh, multiple projects for DC and Marvel, including a long run on Wolverine and work on the Punisher. I'm known for Punisher Born. So I've done a lot with a lot of really great people. Yeah, and I think I've read almost all of it. <laughs> um, actually, my guest from episode two messaged me the other day when I posted the announcement about our episode because he was the one I talked to about Oliver. Oh, great. Hey, he's like, that's yeah. amazing. I can't wait for that episode. Oh, I so want people to find Oliver. <laughs> that's what. Well, that's exactly why I wanted to talk about it on the show because I enjoy it so much and I want more people to to read it. I'm really proud of it, but it's 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 having a hard time finding its audience, and that's a lot of that's on me because I just can't put it out as fast as needs to be uh, to get a momentum for a monthly audience. But then we keep running into things like I was we were going to do the trade, and I was going to do five through eight and finish it off, and then like COVID hit, so the trade yeah. came out and that and like. Kind of went boop. So I'm hoping eventually it'll all get collected and it'll be one of those things that gets discovered down the road. But yeah, well, it'll definitely be on this shelf once that trade comes out. Thank you. Well, it's available now. I just, uh, it's uh, hard. I, I didn't see a whole lot of um, hoopla for the for its release. Yeah, well, I, I didn't even know there was a trade out yet because I've just been exactly. getting the single issues on Comixology. So yeah, exactly. So that's that seems to be the obstacle to overcome with Oliver. Well, I'll definitely be telling David about that today because he was, he, I think he only has the first issue and he's Uh, eager to read the rest of it. So yeah, it's just four issues at this point that are collected. Yeah. Um, and ballistic. I love. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, that's another one that it's like, it's hard to find it, but uh, I'm really proud of it. Tell me about it. The final issue I can't find anywhere. A ballistic? Yep, I've read like one to four or whatever it is. And oh, you can't lot... find five? Nope, couldn't find it anywhere. I think I found it oh. in Egyptian or something somewhere. Crazy. But well, it is collected now, so you can you can get the ballistic collection. But yeah, well, I I, I'll have to find somewhere that's got it online because I know I asked my local about it and they couldn't find it. So yeah, I think Black Mask let it go out of print again. I don't know. They don't. I'm not really sure about that end of things, but it's out there to be found. Excellent. And uh, for anyone who hasn't read it yet, uh, Derek's got Hellblazer Rise and Fall out with our very own Tom Taylor 
from yes. Australia as well right now, and it's real good. So definitely go Thank check you. that out. Yeah, um, I'm really proud of that. I'm having a great time working with Tom, and we're in the midst of the last issue right now, and it's it's good stuff. Yeah, that's that's going to be a really good read once it all comes out. And it's like another trade. Like I don't buy a lot of the big two anymore because there's just so much. But yeah, that's definitely going to be one that I will be buying in. Um, so yeah, today we're talking about The Rocketeer by Dave Stevens. Um, funnily enough, I saw the movie before I read the comics, um, as a, as a wee boy, and I loved it. Great and movie. I love these, uh, uh, Man of Adventure sort of era, you know, The Shadow, um, Doc, uh, Doc Savage, and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, when you suggested this, I was like... I've been looking for an excuse to read this. Let's yeah. do it. I would love it. I'd love a Rocketeer like Indiana Jones crossover. I think that would be. Yes, that would be nice. Yeah, that that'd be fun actually. If they exist in that same era. You know? Yeah. Uh, actually, I noticed that uh, a certain shadow makes an appearance in this book as well. Yeah, the shadow makes like, and they and Dave Stevens handles it so well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't tweak for like the first few panels, and then. I was like, oh, I know who this is. Yeah, I don't even know that he ever openly calls him the Shadow because I might have gotten into, like, legal stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, it's clearly him. Yeah, I don't think he does outright name him, but especially when he does the thing with the nose. Yeah, but I don't think he does the red scarf at any point, if I remember correctly. I don't think so. Just the, the jacket across the face. Yeah. But I was like, yes! <laughs> nice subtlety. Yeah, because I loved the... um resurgence of the shadow doc savage and all of those characters having their shared universe that came out in the early 2000s mid 2000s um i can't remember which press did it but it was like 2010 to 2013 ish they had a run yeah, was it like the the phantom part of that um i don't remember um there was doc savage the shadow um the Avenger with the malleable face. Okay. Um, I can't remember if the Phantom makes an that's, appearance. That's more entertaining than two guys talk about something they can't quite remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, it, it was along these same sort of veins, and I would love to see them get together with the Rocketeer is where I was leading yeah. with that. That would be a really cool story. Um, but yeah, we've got... Uh, I've got the collected edition digital version here um eight chapter adventure it says so i'm not sure if that's all of it i'm not sure either i know he did two he did i got my hard copy right here so i he, love that cover it. it's so beautiful and it's got um in mine it has well he only did a handful of the stories though like there's not a great deal of uh, content here that is Dave Stevens that he wrote and he drew. Yeah. But there's the main adventure that uh, kind of encapsulates a lot of what they did in the movie, and then there's a follow-up adventure where he like uh, follows Betty uh, who runs off with that photographer, and then he's yes. In, uh, in yeah. Well, this is definitely the same story. Then you've just got a nicer cover than me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is just... a really this is the IDW edition, and it's just got these beautiful chapter breaks. Yeah, this one I think I've got is like the re-released IDW edition, so they gave it a new cover. Okay. 
Yeah, I love this one. It's got a little spot gloss on it, and it's good stuff. Yeah, I love the um, the Bulldog Cafe. Just straight up on the yeah, first page. In my kitchen, I actually have a, a cookie jar of that. Oh, that's awesome. That got back in the day when they put out, like when they thought, I, I think they believed, I think Disney thought uh, Rocketeer was going to be like a merchandising boom for them, and it didn't really quite hit that. It's like, I think anybody, there was a, seems to be a uh, marketing think that was going on at the time that because Batman hit real big in 89 and they sold a ton of merchandise that any comic book property they adapted would have the same effect, not recognizing how iconic batman is and how unknown the rocketeer was yeah know? yeah i know what you mean but see I, I was so much more excited about the rocketeer at the time than the batman <laughs> movies at the time there's just something better... yeah something I mean, about it yeah it's a better film i think joe johnston he's a, you know he'd go on to do captain america the first avenger you know yeah yeah, and the, the thing I immediately noticed when I was reading this, like, first page is really good. Second page, with the frying pan to the head. <laughs> just the, the dynamism and the ex the detail of expression in the artwork. Yes. I'm a huge Dave Stevens fan. I have been since the beginning of my career, and I still, to this day, I keep that copy of The Rocketeer on my, on my board just to pick it up for inspiration, study how he does line work, get ideas for how to lay out a page, what I can do a little bit different because he was doing something so unique and doing it all old school, like none of that, like there was zero computer help when mm. he was creating stuff. This is all done with Zipatone. And I saw his originals. I knew Dave Stevens a little bit and he'd be at a lot, he was local and he would show up at a lot of conventions that I would do. So I talked to him often and, uh, and just he was a really nice man really encouraging and uh, i absolutely loved his work he was a total gentleman and but he always had his you know original art for sale and and that stuff along with him at conventions and this is back when conventions were pretty small affairs so you know we'd talk for a while and i would look through his work but it was so amazing just to see his original they were so clean they'd have like you know the work was evident you'd see white out and things like that that he would do but he would use it strategically to paint back into things and uh, and all of those tones like he was doing that with actual zip -a tone where he'd have to cut it out and paste it down like you couldn't do it with a computer effect because there was no computer effect yeah i i really want to learn how to use that stuff traditionally at some point but it's so hard it's to hard get to, in australia it's it's hard to get period now it's it's almost like uh, extinct you know i do a lot of tone work in my original art now but i do it via photoshop because i have a tone that i can drop in yeah uh, onto my black and whites. i still work black and white you know um on original paper but um i don't uh but then i scan it in and i add effects you know yeah that was I, how i did this page as well i did it all pencil on paper and then when i inked it i got a nice selection of uh screen tone brushes yes yeah and i've been having a blast learning how to use those because yeah, rather awesome. than just having the one sheet, I can just use it like I would a normal brush. Oh, that's cool. I may have to hit it. Do you do that via Photoshop or um, I use Clip Studio, but they can, they've got the brushes for both. Okay. I might have to hit you up to figure out like how I can get a hold of those brushes. I yeah, I'll send you some links. They're really affordable. I use, use my eraser to mm. kind of carve it out. Well, they, they actually in this kit, they even have a, a half-tone eraser. So you can drop a oh. solid color and then brush out 
the screen tone shapes out of it. Well, I'm gonna have to a separate conversation. Yeah, <laughs> no, but exciting. But uh, yeah, just that that first panel with the where he's getting hit in the head with the frying pan, the richness of that red background. And uh, as you said, when you actually mentioned to me that you referenced Dave Stevens to this day, as I read through the book, I could see, like, the the roots of that. I could uh, sort of note a lot of the, the similarities in influence of, like, oh, yeah, okay, I see, I see this from Transmet. And, yeah, no, I mean, that's like, yeah, I know this is the panel you're talking about with him. Yeah. And that's very much like it's still I love his storytelling and the way he would make things pop and the expressions he like the expressions were they're cartoony, but then they work within the the realm of the story so well that they don't feel cartoony. They feel yeah. Like... I love the um I think it's the third page where they introduce the the rocketeer name. Yes, and it's got and like, the, like the just that little one long bit at the top with the the photo of him in the suit and the cars running across. Yeah, it's such an amazing layout and the way he integrates the title into the page. Um, and the storytelling is happening nonetheless because the cars are racing across the top of the title. Exactly. And actually, I didn't notice that the first read through too much. I just was like really taking it all in. But now taking it in more, uh, more closely and talking about it, I can see how that is 100% tied into the next panel. Yes. I mean, it brings you right into the story. Yeah didn't throw anything away in that regard i like that and then also like his level of detail and, and attention to historical accuracy was it's just gorgeous yeah the way he draws old planes and old telephones and you know all of these props like everything looks and feels like it's right out of that era it really does i had to sort of double check and figure remember when this was all produced because it was so well done and actually like yeah. it felt natural to that time it looks like they may have recolored this for this edition too like which i would hope that they would do because they didn't have the coloring effects when these were being published as yeah you know, yeah i think they i think they did do a digital remaster or something it's gorgeous i love this i love this book so much yeah i, I love that panel of um cliff down the bottom with the yellow background um when the cops are arresting the two guys trying to steal his plane. Yeah. Like just that, that yellow background with the green shirt, but also the expression of the face. Yeah. That the one in the middle there. Where yeah. He's I love yeah. his close-ups. Yeah. They're great. He used to model his stuff on himself. Like there's photographs of him, like with the phone in his hand and things like that, where he would get photos of himself as cliff performing and then he would draw from those and work them into the comic that's cool he, i always um, love what an artist uses themselves for the re their reference yeah it was i used to do it for wolverine i used to like have a mirror and some photographs of me just making wolverine face i grew my mutton chops at the time too just so i could see how they lay on the face at different angles because they were always so unrealistic looking in the a lot of the artists would draw them like they'd be like he put gel in them or something and i was yes. like wolverine Wolverine wouldn't bother with any of that. <laughs> like Wolverine, it's just like he'd lop his own hair off to keep it from getting too long with his, you know, and just run his yep. hand through. 
put on a hat or something. I don't think he'd be too bothered with his the way he looks. Yeah, I've, I've found that with the, a few um, runs on Wolverine over the years that they get a little bit anime with the tips of his mutton chops. Yeah, or his or his hair is really super sculpted. And I'm yeah, like, eh, that's not Wolverine to me. <laughs> it's like I mean, yes, the helmet. It's out of character. Yeah, I also think Wolverine's costume is the dumbest thing in the world too, because <laughs> like like wait. Is secret identity. Wait, you, there's another short guy with, you know, claws popping out of his hands, but he doesn't have a mask on, so it couldn't be the same five foot three little hairy stocky guy with right? claws releasing from his hands. Whose hair happens to be permanently stuck in the shape of that guy, other guy's mask. mask. Which wouldn't fit under that mask. <laughs> yeah, I've always thought it funny that they give him the helmet hair in the shape of the mask, but when you look at the mask itself, no, it's just like not. A flat... a, yeah, it's a skull cap with the right. black bits running backwards. Bringing yeah. it back, Rocketeer. One of my favorite scenes <laughs> that they actually did a good job of recreating in the movie is when the like PV is designing his helmet. Oh yeah, I can't remember that from the movie. To be honest, I haven't watched it for a while. But now that we're talking about it. I'm probably going to go get the DVD out of the cupboard and watch it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Do you have Disney Plus? It's on Disney Plus. I don't. It's... Uh, but it's a, it's a good one. It's worth watching again. It is. I actually yeah. like the page before that where PV says he'll uh, to go get the helmet and he just looks yeah. so happy with himself. <laughs> just it's that... kind of like... He's very he's a very parental figure, and I think like Cliff's like, getting away with getting to keep the rocket pack. Yeah, it's he's, he's got that very chuffed with himself. I'm getting up to mischief, sort of face. Yeah, I love that word chuffed. I think it's very. We don't we don't say chuffed here, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at this great. I love this panel here too, just the way he uses a silhouette. Oh yeah, that. That actually caught my attention on my first read-through. I, I love that. Because if there's one thing I struggle with as an artist, it is knowing where to put black in my yeah, palette. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of following your your instinct. But um, if I can give you some advice, uh, one of the things you want to look for is how it helps with your composition to guide the eye mm. is where, where you put your blacks. You know, And actually, in a weird way, that's he's sort of breaking an Eisner rule where uh, he's got him running into the panel that we've just exited. So if he had flipped that, it would actually guide the eye better yeah. on the panel page. But I'm not one to spend a lot of time criticizing Dave Stevens. Yeah, and you know, I don't even mind that either, because I didn't even notice that he was running in the opposite direction, because... Well, his body actually kind of pulls the eye in the right direction. Exactly. Kind of... Like, the fence and then the leg are still leading into that other frame. Right, and that's but it's the rule of thumb is like you know things should move left to right. Mm. Rules are made to be broken too. There's another great use of the silhouette is how he builds up to the debut of character in full costume. But it's like as he's pulling stuff out of the trunk, you know, he's silhouetted there. Yeah, that's that's the panel I've got up right now too, and just yeah. And this, then the natural motions and the way he did clothing folds. Yes. Like, I love the way he's strapping on that rocket and ties it to his back. And a close up of him through the, the lens of the mask, it's sort of the helmet. It's just right. The, 
freaking out and then sweat dropping. Like you feel it. Yeah, it's just it's a big deal that he's gonna go flying. And then again, you go back into that gorgeous lettering that he did. He did this all by hand. Yeah, that was one of my favorite panels in this trade, actually. Uh, that one where he's first flying off and the the body just blurs into the yellow of the jet stream and yeah and this is a good scene that they recreated for the film as well like this is almost accurate this is almost like verbatim yeah i'm gonna have to go back and re-watch the film now because i haven't watched it for a couple of years and it was it's still one of my favorites yeah, this is a re it's really good. It shows him trying to like just get the hang of the how to use the rocket pack and then also trying to take over the plane. Yeah. But they did they did this whole sequence really well in the movie. I love it. It's a shame that they had to change uh, Betty to Jenny for the because Betty Page didn't want to be associated with the film. Ah, oh, that makes sense. So they but they couldn't have cast anybody better than Jennifer um Blanking on her last name. Big famous actress, Jennifer. That's a good question. Hang on. I'm having a brain fart. I love the design of the classic rocket pack in the comics too. It's so it's so different to what they used in the film, but Yeah, it's more simplistic. It's like one big jet as opposed to two yeah. side by side jets. I, I really love, love the movie a lot though. Yeah. It's sleek. It is. It looks. It's really nice. And um, the little gold rings around this one in the comic are really nice. Uh, Jennifer Connelly. Connelly. That's right. It's just. Oh just, man. Yeah. It's been so long. She was in the Hulk. Oh yeah. It's been so long since I watched this. I forgot that Alan Arkin was in it. Yeah, he's great. Perfect casting for Peavy. Yeah. That's one of the one of the things that makes that movie really work as just an incredibly good cast. Everybody looks right. They sound right. Their tones, right. But yeah, Jennifer Connelly was a great substitute for uh, Betty page. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really good choice. She was gorgeous. Uh, in, in her absolute, well, she still is, but she was in her prime. Billy Campbell. Have I seen him in anything else recently? Oh yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of stuff. Yeah. He was on TV uh, in a show where he played a senator that I was watching. I think it was called The Killing. Oh, yeah, I just went past that, actually. Yep. That wasn't that long ago. At least it doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah. I don't have a sense of time anymore. <laughs> yeah, time <laughs> is an illusion right now. Time is completely irrelevant. Being a father and on top of that and uh, living in COVID. Yeah. These little things that I just absolutely love is just as an artist, like just how good that tie is. That tie blowing in the wind right there. Yes. Yeah, and when we first meet Betty in the comics too, the, just the detail, like the, yeah. the fall of the skirt, like yep. the way that the folds are drawn into that. The detail on the stockings. Yeah. Um, the shine in the hair. Yeah, I love that. I study that all the time. Yeah, like that kind of use of black ink in, in forms and stuff still yeah. eludes me. And I admire the heck out of it whenever I see it well done like that. 
Yeah, he was a real master. His line work was impeccable. Oh, here's the panel I was talking about. This is the one that I know that Dave posed for. Oh, cool. There's a photograph of him doing that exact thing. Again, another like the the just the panels he does as the intros to each chapter. Yes. I'm just I just love them. Like the one here of the Rocketeer was standing with his hands on his hips at the start of chapter three. Yeah, that's great. He was like sharing space, if I remember correctly, with like another comic when uh, I think it was Pacific Comics that put this out originally. I have these original comics somewhere too in my collection. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I've been a, I've been a fan for years. I've been picking this stuff up in the '80s when he was doing. I had his posters. He did a bunch of posters that I had on my wall too. Just loved his work. Oh man, I would actually love to have like a. a dave stevens rocketeer poster yeah he he did other stuff too like he just did like jungle girl and oh cool they were just like, like you basically buy the posters just to have dave stevens art yeah uh, i love the the panel on that page actually at the start of chapter three uh where he's kicking that guy in the face punt yeah <laughs> get lost <laughs> yeah like it's funny for me like i'm more into the panel right before it oh yeah no that that with the hands yeah, the hands and him, like his his eye, like the the emotion that they, he's, the suspense that he's building there by putting that eye, like oh, like he's in trouble. I yep. also love the lighting on that panel where he's pulling the gun in the second to last panel. Yes, yeah, the lighting is fantastic on that. And I did on mentioning on that panel you're talking about with the hands and the eye. That is something that blows me away every time we get a close up of the Rocketeer. Yeah, and just the way he draws the eyes through the lenses yes but like it's rendered so you can right. feel the glass that was where he would use the white ink and go back in yeah like it's the reflection on top it's because he went in with the white ink and painted back over the lens the um another good example of how to use black to uh, assist your com composition is down here in this silhouette yeah yeah if you know the whole composition of the page this actually ends it and it cornerstones it so you end on that beat and it kind of captures the full page composition yeah that's that's a really good point actually um and, and it does it feels really final there. and it counteracts it counteracts the uh the big bold action pose up in the chapter three marker yeah i, I i'm also just gonna say quietly i really want that jacket yeah you can buy them they're on they're, they're available online I'm gonna have, you have to. Kind of, you got to dig for them, but they actually like real leather makers do make that. It's called the Rocketeer jacket. Uh, I've always wanted because I was showing you my helmet. I always wanted to get the backpack and the jodhpur. Yeah. You know, I'm not in the shape that I was when I got the helmet years ago. <laughs> so I don't think I'd look as good as Cliff Sigurd. I'd look like a pudgy version of him trying to pull off that outfit. Hey, any Rocketeer is a good Rocketeer in my book. <laughs> well speaking of if you jump ahead to chapter five there's one of my favorite illustrations in the book that always stands out to me and it's this uh other rocketeer the guy that i guess oh yeah yeah the agent uh who comes armed but i love this panel like that's still one of the greatest things in this whole series yes i loved that i'm just gonna try to skip forward to that so i can find it yeah right here there he this is guy. yeah this guy here amazing 
like that's a good, that's an example of him using the zipatone and just the, his, the way he just knew how to crosshatch and look at the detail in that guy's outfit like he's got the stitching on the side yeah 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 that lacing up the up the ribs and the stitching yeah, on all the, like, the sides of the, the belts and the depth of the leather like you could feel the depth of the leather in those where the you know studs are going through it's just such great detail i mean i, I still can't get over how just meticulous this guy was Yeah, and the the shock in Sakord's face in the in the car in the top panel. Yeah, it's funny. It's like one of the few faces that doesn't look as consistent as uh, a number of the other, you know, Cliff reactions. But you know, I, I can't. Again, I, I don't get hung up criticizing this work too much. No, I, I know what you mean. Um, and the the panel where he's throwing the helmet on. I think it's the next page. As yeah, he... down the last panel. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like the motion. I love that shot to the close up of the broom handled Mauser. Yeah, and yeah, and the 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 shadows in, like the black inks in the jacket. Yeah, that really blows me away. That's the kind of stuff that I study. That's why I keep this close to my board. On the next page, over to him falling through the sky, like yeah, I'm looking at that right now as well. The way you centered the whole thing with that circular panel right above it. Yeah, I love that. I love fun use of panels yeah i like the lightning bolt breaks and then the yeah um when i talked to ted brent and rose stein a couple of episodes ago and we did um witch hat atelier and it's actually got a lot of really really interesting use of um panel borders and stuff and the way it uses black inks and things because it's a manga yeah um but like there was a page in that where I actually laughed out loud when I turned to it because this one panel was just so clever. It wasn't a funny part of the story or anything. I was just so shocked by this one drawing. There's a, a panel of the main one of the main characters like leaning on a table. But the way uh, they'd drawn it, they had his hand cupping the edge of the table. But that was actually the panel border of the page that's cool yeah i always like that kind of stuff yeah and it was just so well drawn and just so cleanly executed i couldn't believe it so like seeing that sort of stuff in this book as well is really fun yeah I was, this was this very ahead of its time in a lot of ways um i'm loving the the stunt plane as well the with the p26 yeah. the detail in that plane even though that there's so much of it in shadow underneath you can still feel how much there is to it yes you're talking about this one here um no actually the one be page before that i think oh. a couple of pages before that where we first see that little blue and red and yellow plane oh yes yeah then it appears more in the next sequence yeah, yeah and, just... and like his ability to draw that stuff so authentically it's really like it's really a love letter to that era of aviation yeah yeah, all the planes are just so incredibly detailed, but just that panel really strikes me because that's, um, again, sort of what I'm uh, feeling with the black inks. It's like there's so much black on that plane, but yeah. it doesn't feel hidden. Right. Like you can still feel all of the volume and the depth and the shape. And I would actually argue that that's why you can feel it. Yeah, exactly. And there's, I feel 
when I've tried to experiment with it myself, it is a trap to accidentally put too much black on and lose yes. that. Yeah, the way he's did the under uh, the underside of that wing there is just incredible. Yeah, it's just the detail and the insignia and stuff, but it doesn't lose any of the sense of depth or shadow or light source. Right, and the more you look at it, the more you can Cash see. Below it is incredible. Yeah, the the more you look at that plane, the more you can see just very very subtle parts where he hasn't put black in the middle of those big chunks of black. Mm-hmm. And cross it. Yeah, like just behind the wing, there's a tiny little bit of blue under like the zipper tone or something. And that just helps with it to keep that depth. And that's fantastic. Fantastic. This and, is another great too. Like his left to right composition on this page works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, and this page where we see Betty in the photo shoot as well, just like you can really see, like he's really captured the look of Betty Page. Yes. And of the pinup art of the era. Oh yeah, the her on the couch there is just yeah. right out, like right out of the era. Um, but yeah, on the next page after that, where we see get start getting the good shots of that experimental plane. Yeah, that crazy plane. I love that plane. Especially when it gets to the interiors as well. Yeah. Just trying to have a look at it. I think the imagination that went into this as well is just incredible. Yeah. I was thinking about him climbing into a moving plane and his jumping onto a plane because his jetpack gives out. Right. There's a great panel. I just love that use of space. Yes. Yeah. And I love like how there's obvious insectile inspiration for the design of that front plane yes and i'm trying to pick it i think it's a grasshopper like a yeah it looks like a dragonfly yeah because i've like i've done the same thing with a, a farming drone in one of the pages i'm drawing at the moment i've, I've taken like a, an actual dragonfly for reference and then broken it down into segments to create a propeller flown drone that's cool and i just love seeing that in other people's work yeah Yeah, it's remarkable to me that you're reading, you know, something flying, but you get the sense of being out in the air, and you get the sense of the, the, the motion and the distance. And yeah. these are not, like, you know, these are multiple panel pages too, which is the other thing is like, oh yeah, there's a lot. Like... One, two, three. There's like six, seven panel pages all the, all throughout. Yeah, uh, me and DB were talking about that with um, Crowded last week as well. Uh, the crowded team use a lot of panels, but it doesn't feel superfluous. Yeah. Or crowded, so to speak. Crowded it doesn't feel hard. Getting their stuff to breathe when you've got this many panels per page is not easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, with with we found we were discussing it with the crowded stuff. A lot of the pages that have lots of panels on them are like there's a lot of dialogue happening. And they really use it to um, convey the actual feel and emotion of the conversation that's being had. And I didn't even notice how many panels there were until we were talking about it because it felt so natural, which is kind of like this. It feels like a real action sequence. Yeah. Straight out of, the, of, of a film of the time. Yes. And so it feels natural to have this many panels because 
you couldn't really convey what's happening here in less. I mean, he could, but he, he managed to do it in a way that it, it brings the rhythm of the whole story to bear. Yeah. Like he goes, when he crashes through the wall here of Harold's garage and then like passes out, just that little sequence of him passing out is terrific. But then when you turn the page, him waking up is that's just genius. Like he's got this like coming out of a haze and then Peavy's like in this weird swirl. Yeah. Yeah. I'll try to get that page to load right now, but I do remember it from when I read through it. <laughs> Um, I also like the the panel on the page following that where he's yelling into the phone. Yes. And like, there's so much tension in his muscles and you can yeah, see that's that... What would, that's what I was saying. Those are the ones that Dave posed for himself. Yeah. I like the... the I like people, like, old people look like old people. Like they don't... He doesn't yeah. just know how one kind of person he can draw all kinds of different people yeah that's this, it. this weird kind of like uh oafish guy with the white head the bruiser yes he gets great expressions on him he really does i love that 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 guy's face is every panel i almost feel like like if he drew wolverine that's what wolverine would look like if dave stevens had drawn him yeah that would be cool Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that too, with like the old people looking like old people, and something I've found seen that uh, people have a hard time with sometimes is is children. Yep, I've seen a few few people draw Damian Wayne, and he looks twenty two when he's supposed <laughs> to be eleven. Yeah, I'm having that trouble right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have to draw this kid for a uh, Hellblazer. So. Yeah. I saw something the other day where one was supposed to be like a literal toddler and it was like an actual adult face that they'd just taken all of the hair off and put <laughs> on a toddler's body. I was, Ugh. it was very confusing. Yes. It's always disturbing. It reminds me of like when I'd go to Europe and go to the old Italian museums and see these old paintings of, you know, the baby Jesus, but baby Jesus just like, he's like a freak show in half of those paintings. <laughs> Like no concept of how to do a baby's body. Yeah. But they look kind of like weird miniature adults on Mary's lap. Yeah. Now I'm just looking at how awesome he draws Butch the bulldog. Oh yeah, I love the Butch scenes. I'm actually my I'm looking at um, the panel where Cliff is in the fuel room, and he spills some of the acid on the floor. Oh yeah, I was just looking at that. And it's just, it's just the bubbles and the, the feeling of it spreading out across the floor. Again, and like that's a tiny panel on that whole page, but that drew my attention and kept it. Yeah, I was just looking at that. Where is that? After he kicks the guy. Yeah, after um, he escapes the, the bruiser and runs into that room where the jetpack is being fueled up. Okay, I just had that page. Where did it go? Oh, here's the bread. Okay, I, moved, I went too far back. Oh, this is not what we're talking about, but yeah, I have to show another great use of black and framing. And oh, opposite. yes, I love that panel. 
POV, and that was a cliffhanger, no pun intended, for that issue. Yeah. We didn't know who that dude was going to be until we got the next issue. Yeah, I like that. There it is, yeah. The... Drops acid on the floor. Right, and it's such a small, small part of that page. But just that and the details on the boot really held my attention before I could yeah, even leave. Yeah, he didn't slack on anything. That's just why these books came out so slowly. But man, so for me though, like that's the, you know, we were talking about Oliver earlier and that's like, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with Oliver. It's like, I, I know I'm never going to be able to make it a monthly book at this point. So I was like, I just want it to be a beautiful collection because half the stuff that I did, you know, years ago when I was like scrambling and staying awake all night to meet deadlines, people are just reading us collections now, like 20 years later. So, you know, all they see is like where I had to cut corners because I had to get that monthly deadline met. I, I, just, I know what you mean. And I've actually, I haven't even worried about how long it's been between issues of Oliver because it's been so pleasant to sit down and look at while I'm oh, reading it. You. So, I mean, that, I, I put an incredible amount of uh, detail and, and love into those and, and all four issues. Yeah, and you can feel it. We spent a lot of time talking about those little details and stuff in that episode. Um, so, like, I, I know exactly what you mean. And, yeah, don't stress. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, it's funny. It's like, if anything, it just reminds me, look at this stuff, like, oh, it's like, this is what it's like when, you know, you, you can go back through these and, and just treasure the work. It doesn't matter that this came out in the 80s. It doesn't matter when it was published. It doesn't matter how often it came out. What matters is the final product that you get to hold in your hands years later and appreciate. Right. And and that's the thing with this book as well is you wouldn't tell that it came out that long ago. No, it's more impressive that it did. Yeah. There's a lot of superhero books that came out around that time that look like they came out around that time yes exactly you know? they followed yeah they Nothing. followed what was fashionable like yeah adam hughes was the only person i knew who was like drawing on this level at all at the same time like just with that kind of level of detail and composition and feel for expressions i'm jumping ahead to the one of the new york spots but again use of black use of shadow oh yeah yep i'm gonna find that one oh Actually, before I get to that one, the page I've got up for everyone to see right now is um, where the cops shoot Saccord as he's flying over New York. Oh, wait. Okay, I got him leaving in the plane, and then I got the beginning of the New York adventure. Yeah, just there. The, it's like the middle panel. Uh, hold on, I got... Oh, yeah, that's amazing. We're just shooting him with the Tommy gun. Yeah. Yeah, I love that because like my instincts. If I was drawing the same page with this many panels, like I would have had a hard time cropping him at the at the knees, the way that uh, Stevens did. Yeah, I'd be a, would uh, throw off the read, but it totally works. And I think that spotlight is what makes it work. It pulls the spotlight behind him pulls you down into the panel you're supposed to read next. It does, and just like the the way that panel's done with so much black, so it doesn't have like the border around it specifically yeah. as well um really makes it feel like a shock because yes, it stands but... out against the other panels and you can feel that oh shit this is supposed to be something shocking yeah and him falling into that like aerial view sky at night sky is just amazing too. yeah 
know, he hand drew all that as well, and yet the figure doesn't get lost in it. Of course, it's Betty's dream. Yeah. Ah, such good stuff. Oh, um... Even, even, even the character that he gives that cop that's shooting him with the Tommy gun is like... Right? That cop has so much character. Yeah. Something out of a movie. He really does. I'm looking at the panels right now where um, Cliff first confronts Betty in the in the bar. Yeah, that's another scene that they did really well in the movie. Yeah, and just here with the... That suit is almost entirely black. But the strategic parts that he's done with the light and shadow on it... Oh, this is, are you talking about the shot where he's got the lighter in his hand? Yes, head? yes. He's breaking a rule there, too, that I was taught by my editor. Like, if you're going to break panel, make sure it's breaking panel into the panel you're supposed to read next. Because it can throw your eye down into the panel you're not supposed to be reading. But, mm. uh, it looks so good, I don't care. <laughs> I get you. I get the feeling, too, Dave was probably doing well with the hand and didn't want to, like, you know, yep. readjust. But it fitted in the panel. But it's great. Yeah, and I yeah, I just love what he's done. Like the strategic little pieces of light on that yep. solid chunk of black give it all the depth that it needs. It's true. Like I would have a really hard time doing that the way that I work. Because I at the moment I'm like so focused on drawing the thing accurately that it feels weird to submerge so much of it in ink. Yes. Well, it's all part of the tone, too. You're supposed to be in a low-lit nightclub. Yeah. You know, he's doing that lighting across the board. He's like, the way he's lit Cliff's face there as well as the suit. Yeah. It's interesting, too, because, you know, Betty doesn't have as much shadow on her. And throughout the rest of the scene, the shadow seems to kind of lighten up. But for the dramatic effect of Cliff with that lighter, it's uh, it works totally. Yeah, and then the dynamism of this fight, the the punch up in the bar. Yes, and then I look at the detail too of this old club. Yeah, and the detail in the hands, where yes. that where your hand. Yeah, excellent. Where yeah, where he grabs Cliff's fist before he can punch again. Yes, it's excellent. The knuckles and the the, the veins in the hand, like that's just it's just master class. Yeah, and then I, the, the, the yeah. Lamont yeah page. I think this was exactly where I realized. I think I laughed out loud again here too. Is that that next page, the first frame where you can see Lamont in profile? I was like, "Oh crap!" Yeah. I, I like the circle panel in the corners. Yes. Would make that intense stare, and he cropped him at the right at the nose, so you know it's the shadow. Yeah. As soon as I saw those two panels, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know who this is. This is great." Without saying who it is. <laughs> And that's the thing as well, is that like the things that um, a lot of comics sometimes struggle with these days as well still, is being able to give the characters such a 100% iconic look and stay faithful to that. Yes. So that you can do this. This character doesn't even have to be named and you know who it is. I'm afraid your viewers are just looking at me looking down at my book. <laughs> there's another great uh, page layout where he uses yes. Betty as whole frame. Yes. Uh, 
aspect. I did love that page. Um, there's so much detail, and the, the detail in Betty's dress. You love that. You love that Betty page. <laughs> it's just so he draws it so well. There's so much detail, and just he really captures, like every page where she gets a special portrait. Yeah. Really, like, encapsulates the art and the focus of that era. His sense of anatomy too, like just yeah. the subtlety of folds. She's got these little folds under her armpit there. Yep. And, yeah, in the musculature. On her back, and that's a very hard angle to draw it back. It really is. He captures it so well. It's dramatic and it's emotive, and yet it's like just a dynamic, like, pow, pinup panel. Yeah, that's it. There's just so much detail and so much care, obvious care put into the drawing as well. Yeah, I mean, that's what's amazing, though, is like he puts as much care into, like, you know, the next page, like, you got this uh, shit out of harbor and yeah again a tiny panel of one two three four five six seven panels and yet there's like an interior of a plane an exterior of a plane exterior of a ship if i was reading this script i'd be angry <laughs> be like, I one page but he did it yep uh yeah and there's the next page with um like Rockwell, like the way yes, he's that's exactly there. It's like a Norman Rockwell feel to that. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to mention was that panel. And then also the great stuff with him lighting that match and then Lamont showing up and that great freak-out expression. Yes. <laughs> Terrific. But yeah, I've noticed in a lot of hero comics at the moment, they can't capture what they do with Lamont here. And like, it was like we were saying, like he's so recognizable immediately. There's no question that that is the shadow. Yeah, but well, that's everything how he lights him, like this panel here, that's like a total shadow thing, if you know the shadow at all. Yeah. You know, the big freaky eyes and the heavy yep. shadows on there's, his face. There's been so many times in just the last two years even that I've been reading some Marvel and DC books and I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be Tony. Oh, really? Oh, that's Bruce. Okay. Oh, that's too bad. Because, like, they just kind of get into generic handsome guy. When they're yeah. not in their costumes. Yeah, that happens a lot. A lot of times people just want to be drawing the costumes. They don't put as much thought into the people underneath them. Yeah, and there's been a few times where people have drawn Peter Parker and I'll be like, wait, oh, this conversation is Peter and Mary Jane. I was wondering who she was talking to. <laughs> That's a big no-no. You should always know what, what's going on on the page. It shouldn't be a mystery. Yeah, it's not too often that I come across that, but sometimes... It's just that it's like they don't. Well, there was kind of lost in the '90s with this whole with that era that um, sort of like replaced dynamism for storytelling. Yeah. And, and what you've got, you know, you, we you, I came up through an era when you know this was king, Watchmen was king, uh, Frank Miller and what he was doing with Daredevil and then Dark Knight, mm. like that was the essence of. You know, it was all about hearty story. David Mazzucchelli, great artist. And, you know, and then in the 90s, it got all about this kind of flashy pinup stuff that sort of dominated. Like, it didn't matter what the story was as long as every page mm. had, like, a character in a costume screaming and running at the panels. And I drew a lot of that stuff, too, because that's what the soup du jour was. But, um, 
you know, I, I long to get back to really good storytelling, which yeah. is what, you know, I kind of ended up doing with, with Transmetropolitan. You know, I sort of got out of that rut of doing splashy superhero stuff and try to get back more into something more substantial, and that's what Transmet came for. Yeah, well, that that's really nice. And actually, the one person I do know does this well of making the characters iconic and recognizable at the moment is um, Ryan Stegman's work on Venom. Hey, he's terrific. You take one look at Eddie Brock in yeah. the current Venom run with Donny Cates, and like you know that's Eddie Brock. It doesn't matter that's what cool. he's wearing at any point in the comic. Like, yeah, that's Eddie. Yeah, that's, and, that's called people character. <laughs> yeah, and the, he looks just like, you know, Eddie from the 90s when Venom was doing, like, Lethal Protector and all of that. But, you know, in a more modern style. And I really appreciate when that's it. You know, like the you really essence of that character is there and you can take one look and go, that's Peter Parker, that's Tony Stark. Yeah, in my opinion, that's what the job was. You know, yeah. I tried to do that with boys and give everybody a very distinctive look. Yeah, it's not just about handsome guy with a little trimmed goatee equals right. Tony Stark. No, it's like why did why does Brown Robert Downey Jr. look very different than Chris Evans? You know. Yeah, exactly. A few, there's been a few times where people have drawn Tony as this real square-headed, <laughs> huge sort of guy when he's yeah. not in his suit, and I'm like, well, Tony is fit and handsome, but he's he shouldn't be he shouldn't be ripped. Yeah, he, should, he relies on a suit for his superpowers. Hey, I, had, I hate to break it to you, but I think I'm at my time limit. Yeah, I was about to say we're, we should be pretty much approaching. Um, there was just uh, one last panel I wanted to mention before we finished up here, which is actually just the start of that next chapter where he's, in, he's talking to Lamont. And it's the little circle panel at the bottom right when they're in the room with the auto gyro. Yes, with the eyeball? Yeah, and on the other side, that, that little surprised expression. Yeah, and the uplighting on him right there. Yes. That's an example of like why this whole sequence works so well for Lamont. Because they keep the up because Stevens kept the, the uplighting and the lighting consistent throughout this whole scene. Like it's it's really heavy shadows and and separate light sources happening all throughout this whole sequence and it's just brilliant. Yeah. Only two pages like it's the crust of the whole issue. Dave was a genius, absolute genius. Yeah, I'll definitely be coming back to this a lot more, and I definitely want to get a copy of it to have on the shelf because this... yeah, if you can, if you can get this uh, this IDW version with the spot gloss, it's got everything, and it's such nice paperweight and holds up real well. It's just a pleasure to flip through, and feels good in your hands. And they also included a lot of other stuff like his pinup stuff that you don't see too often, like these were posters. And yeah. I always so love that get, poster. I'm going to try to track one of them down. These were both posters, too. I had this on a t-shirt. I used to wear that on a t-shirt. That's cool. That's a great design. Yeah, it's really... Just, Chris, he was just something else. Only the good die young. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for, for joining me for the show today. It's I, been a pleasure... Fun. I hope somebody besides you and I enjoys watching this because I feel like that was very self-indulgent for no, me. I, I really feel like like every episode is a little bit different in what we end up choosing to focus on. Like um, last week we focused a lot on the storytelling as well as the art, 
like like especially like the story specifically not just the way the art tells the story on crowded yeah um and it was really interesting and it was a really interesting thing to focus on but with this there is so much about the artwork to talk about the story itself yeah. is great as well but there yeah, is just about, it was just sort of a, a very um a very special moment within all of comics that this thing exists the way that it does it's, there's nothing else quite like it yeah from that I mean, nobody was, for one, nobody was interested in doing stories about, you know, airplanes in the 30s, for starters. And, you know, but for him to take this, it's just such a love letter to that era. And he captures so much of what makes that era cool that, you know, it holds up and stands the test of time. You know, even though he's no longer with us and that movie kind of came and went, nobody cared that much about the film. It, you know, The Rocketeer remains special in a lot of people's hearts and in a special place. You know, because it's it was done with such a labor of love that that yeah. love comes. That's exactly right. I like I've been a fan since I I was the smallest I can remember, but I've never read it until now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Um, if you want to give everyone a quick shout, where they can find you on the internet. Uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I'm very political, so if you don't like politics, you might not like following me too much, but. Uh, I'm on Twitter at, at Derek R. Uh, we got an election happening. You might have heard. Uh, <laughs> and um, I have a website, DerekRobertson.com, that you can go see some archive stuff. And if you need to get a hold of me about original art or commissions or things like that, DerekRobertson.com is the best place to do that at. Excellent. I will definitely be linking those in the description for those of you who are watching as well, um, as well as a link to The Rocketeer on Comixology. I'll see if I can find somewhere good for you to get it on in hardcover as well. Um, and I know that you have Hellblazer going right now. Oliver, you just mentioned, is out in trade. Yeah, and I'm going to be I'll be finishing it up as soon as I get a break between Hellblazer. I'm going to go back and start working on uh, the net, the last five or four issues of Oliver. So that, I'm hoping to have that out next year. Awesome. And I did see Tom being cheeky the other day on Twitter and hinting at more things to come between you guys. Yes, oh, my God. If, if the thing that we are working on, the pitch gets – we get greenlit for this pitch, it's going to be something. I'm so excited. If we have this, like, I'm trying not to get my hopes up because we live in uncertain times. But, oh, well, it's such an idea, and I, I can't wait to talk about it when I can. Well, knock on wood, and hopefully it goes through, because I've been loving Hellblazer, and I can't wait to see more from you guys. Well, if you uh, want to have me back on to talk about Hellblazer sometime and go through that, I'd be happy to tell you like what I was thinking in my process and stuff like that. We can do that when it's all finished. Yeah, that would actually be a cool special episode or something, definitely. So, um, yeah, once I get the rest of those episodes, those issues in me. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time, Derek. I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you stopping in to be part of the show. That was um, a lot of fun. Yeah. To you. And that's that for now, you guys. Please like, subscribe, do all the rest of those things. You can find me on Twitter as Sean Sunday Art in all and on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, Australian Illustrators. You can find the link in my bio for the Australian Illustrator Discord, and you can find the link to my personal Discord for all my crazy work here. Uh, and stay tuned next week, actually Friday this week, but uh, Bizon from Mended Arrow is joining me on Friday to talk about Saga. Awesome. And that's going to be a really fun episode. 
So thank you all. Thank you, Derek. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. This has been No Capes. If you'd like to find us on social media, you can find us at No Capes Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me on BrainBeast Studios or at BrainBeastSean on Twitter. If you'd like to support the show, consider subscribing on Patreon or dropping us a donation on Ko-fi. You'll find those linked in the description. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to see you for the next episode.